Well, hello everyone. Welcome to Summit Church Fenton Online. I'm so glad you've joined me today and I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. I'm conducting a series right now on the subject of prayer. And the last two sessions, uh, I talked about prayer lessons that we learn from Jesus. And you know, He's not only our Lord, but He's our example. And we learned a whole lot of things about prayer from looking at his life and ministry. So if you missed those previous two sessions uh, on that subject, uh, prayer lessons uh, from Jesus, I'd encourage you to go into our archives. They're there for you. You can get them for free. Now, uh, at this point, I want to move on with this series uh, talking about the subject of prayer. It's so vitally important in any Christian's life. Um, let's go to Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew, the sixth chapter. And I'm going to begin reading with verse five. And Jesus said, you know, he's talking to, to his followers, you know, those who were following him, believers. And he said, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. And of course, their reward is the accolade of men. And we don't want the accolade of men. We want the accolade of God. And and so anyway, verse 6, but you, he says, when you pray, it's interesting, he didn't say if you pray. He said, when you pray, and remember, if you want power in your life, you're going to have to be a person of prayer. So he said, when you pray, go into your room and when you've shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Now, uh, you know, Jesus told us some things about prayer here, certainly, but um, and, and they need no explanation from me. <laughs> but uh, what I did want to center in on here is verse eight. Because this this uh, verse eight tripped me up many many years ago when I was you know a teenager and and you know learning about prayer and the the, the things of God and so forth. In verse eight, he said, "Your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him." Well, of course, you know I I didn't have a problem with that. I I mean I know that God is all knowing. Even back when I was you know, in my teens, I knew God was all knowing and that he knows everything. But, but right here for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. The thing that tripped me up was, was this. Well, if God already knows what we need before we ask him, why do we even need to ask him then? And so that's what, that's what tripped me up is, you know, if he knows what we need before we ask him, I mean, why? Why do we even need to ask him? But then as time went on, I learned, you know, because the question is, why pray? I mean, why, I mean, why pray if God knows what we need before we ask him, why pray? I mean, so I, I, and I do think that's a valid question. 
And, uh, and so when I was younger, that tripped me up. But, uh, the answer, I got the answer in, in, you know, in the process of time to, if God know, you know, again, if God knows what we have need of before we ask him, why do we even need to ask him? Uh, the answer that, that, that has sufficed me is, is this. It would seem, it would seem, and, and I think it's not only a seeming issue, I think it's very clear. It's very, very clear to me as I've studied the Word of God over, you know, over the last 40 plus years. It would seem and it would appear very clear that due to the way that God has set up the authority structure of this earth, you have to go back to the book of Genesis. You'd have to look into the Garden of Eden. You'd have to look at uh, the authority that, that God gave Adam, you know, and, and Eve and so on and so forth. And, and it would appear, and I'm not going to do that in this, in this series here. That's, uh, that's a, I've, I've taught on it many times over the years, and that's a subject for another, another series. But the way God, God set up the authority structure of this planet, that, that it, it appears to me, and I think it's, it's very clear, that God's operation in the, now listen carefully, God's operation in this earth depends greatly upon the avenue afforded him by our prayers. Now that's a very important statement. Uh, you know, God, he, I mean, he, he, I mean, he, the Bible says, uh, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Absolutely. But he put man in this earth and he gave man authority in this earth. It's just like if you owned an apartment or a house, but then you rented or leased that apartment or that house out to somebody. Uh, I think, I don't think, I mean, I know you, you get into the law, you'll find out that even though you own that apartment or you own that house, those renters, those people leasing or renting that, that structure, they, they have, they have enormous rights and privileges there. Even though you own it, they as renters or people that lease that facility have all kinds of, of authority and power there. Absolutely. Even, even to the point that they, even to the point that that you as the owner can come, can, if you go in, if you go in that, that structure that you own at the wrong time and not under the right circumstances, that renter who doesn't own the place can tell you to get out and, and you've got to go or the police will come and take you and throw you out of that, that structure that you own. I mean, so when you understand that, you can realize and understand that you look back in the book of Genesis at the way God set up this planet. God owns the planet, but he gave man, we could say he leased it out to Adam and, and to the human race. And so uh, human beings have all kinds of authority in this, uh, in, the, in this earth. And so to answer the question, you know, well, well, why pray? If God already knows everything we have need of before we ask, why pray? It, it's clear to me that, that the way, because of the way God set this, this earth up and, and he, and he gave authority, uh, to mankind, to human beings, it, it appears and is clear to me that God's operation in this earth. Now I understand God is sovereign. He is all powerful. Absolutely. 
But because of the way he set this planet up, this planet Earth up, it, 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 it's clear to me that his operation in this, in this Earth depends greatly upon the avenue afforded him by our prayers. And, and once I saw that as, as a young boy, once I got a hold of that and understood that, then it, that, that I could, then I could see the importance of prayer. It's, 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 it's the prayers of the saints, those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are believers in God. It, it's our prayers that afford God a great avenue into to his operations in, in, in this earth and in our lives and in the lives of others that we, we pray for. And so when I got a hold of that, that truth, that revelation of God's word, it has, it has answered that question and I could see then the importance of why we need to pray. Because again, it affords God an avenue into this earth because of the way he set it up uh, and the authority that he's given mankind. It affords him an avenue into this planet to operate on behalf of us and others as we pray. So I think that will be helpful to you to understand that. Now then, if you would go to James, the fourth chapter, James, the fourth chapter, because we just read Matthew six, verse eight. He says, uh, he said, your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. So let's talk a little bit more about this. Ask this word, ask, look at uh, James four, verse two, the last part of that verse. Uh, he says, uh, you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have, this is James 4 verse 2, I'm picking up midway through the verse. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. And then in verse 3, you ask, well, let, let's look at verse 2. You know, you don't have because you do not ask. So there's, you know... There, I'm convinced there's a lot of things we don't receive from God because we've never asked God for for uh, uh, for anything or, or whatever. And by the way, I just just feel impressed to, to say this. I didn't have it in my notes, but but I need to say it and, and, and write this down. And, and I don't really know how it fits here, but it, but 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 it, it's important. So let's get it right now. And, and, and I'll say it again as we go, I'm sure, but it's important that whenever you pray, you have to do it in line with the Word of God. Okay, you have to do it in line with the Word of God or you're not going to get any results. Now, I got a little bit ahead of myself there, but I just felt so impressed to the Lord. Maybe somebody right there needed to hear that. If you're not getting any results from the Lord, or you're not getting any results in prayer, you need to always be praying in line and operating in line with the Word of God, okay? Or you're not going to get any results. And so a lot of people, and, and we'll say that, we'll reiterate that, but I don't know, I just felt impressed right there. Somebody need to, needed to hear that right there. Um, and we do our best to be led by the Holy Spirit as we teach. But you do not, uh, you do not have because you do not ask. So it, 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 you got to ask God. If you want to receive from God, you're going to have to ask him for things. 
You do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. So, uh, you know, I think that's simple to understand. I mean, if we want to be receive, if we want to receive from the Lord, we need to ask, but, but we always have to ask in line with His Word, and that'll bear itself out many times as we go over, go through this series over the next many weeks. You don't have, you do not have because you do not ask. So we have to, we have to, you know, I mean, that's part of what prayer is, as we'll see as we go, is asking God. Asking God for whatever it is you may need or asking God on behalf of someone else, which we'll see that's called intercessory prayer. Uh, but you don't have because you don't ask. So, so we need to be asking God for, you know, for, for the things that we need or the things that others need and so on and so forth. Well, if he already knows what you have need of before you ask him, why ask? I already explained that to you. But then here's verse three. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. Did you know it's possible to, to, to pray amiss? To pray amiss or to, to pray, uh, to pray in it. Let me put it this way. You're not praying. Well, there it is right there. You're not praying in line with the word of God. Okay. You do not, you ask, so, so there's some people aren't receiving anything from God because they haven't been asking. But then others are asking God for, for whatever it may be and not receiving because they're asking amiss. So it's able, you're, you're, it's possible to miss in your praying. And a lot of Christians do miss in their praying. I'd say, so many of them that I've watched over the last four decades, and I have at times too. We've missed in our prayers. They haven't been, been, been effective, you see, because we pray to miss. Now, in this context here, in this particular context, he says that you may spend it on your, on your own pleasures. Well, I tell you what, that's important to understand. Uh, motives. Motives are so important when it comes to prayer. And in this case, he says to these people, he says, now you do not have because you do not ask. So there's some people that just aren't even praying at all. They're just not asking. And then others are asking, but they're not receiving anything from the Lord because they're asking amiss. And then in this case, it's that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Again, we have to watch our motives in prayer. Why are we asking God for things? You know, what, for, I mean, when you pray, you have to look at your motives. You know, why are you asking God for whatever it is you're asking him for? What's the motive behind it? What's the motive behind it? Now, I could talk for hours on this one thing right here, but we'll just, 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 just want to stress this. You know, if you're, if, if, now, if you're not asking God for anything and you, <laughs> well, you have not because you, you ask not, but if you've been asking God for things and you haven't been receiving, well, you, you know, you, you're praying amiss, certainly you're praying out of line with the word of God. But, but something that again, in this context here, what is your motive? Why do you want that thing you're asking God for? Why do you want that thing you're asking God for? Very, very important. And if it's just, you know, 
<laughs> you know, if you're just asking God for whatever it is you're asking him for, just so you can heap it upon your own, you know, selfish desire, then, then <laughs> your prayers aren't going to work. And you're asking amiss. You see, so motives are so important. Why? Ask yourself a question. If you've been asking God for things and you haven't been receiving, you know, why, why do you want those things that you want? For what reason? And if it's just for, you know, a lot of people just ask God for things to, you know, to, to, you know, satisfy themselves with, uh, you know, you know, you know, God, give me, give me a bunch of money so I can go do my own thing, you know, and, and, and you know, I think you get what I'm saying. What, what is your motive? What's the motive? Why? I mean, why do you want the thing you're asking God for? What's the motive behind it? Now, uh, he says here, you ask and don't receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. So, you know, we got to don't let's don't let selfishness creep into our prayer lives, because if we do, then we're pray, we'll be praying amiss and we won't be receiving from the Lord. Now, with that said, look at James five, verse 16, James five, verse 16. Oh, this is such a such a fantastic verse here on prayer. James 5, 16, we'll pick, we'll pick up midway through that verse. The Bible says here, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So, uh, now of a righteous man, well, who is considered to be a righteous person in the scripture? Well, someone who is repented of their sins and received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, that's a person that's de- that, that is declared righteous by God. And uh, uh, that's a, that, so that's who a righteous person is. But notice here on the subject of prayer, it says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, or the heartfelt prayer. I believe one version says the effective, uh, fervent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous man avails much. Now, now from this scripture, uh, this statement is, is something you ought to write down. And it's this, if prayer can be effective, because the Bible said the effective, see, the effective, and really the rest of this series is really all about what I'm going to be talking about. The rest of this whole series is all about this word effective, effective. If prayer, and here's what you need to write down. If prayer can be effective, then it can also be ineffective. Now that's so important. I'm going slow here. I want you to get it. If prayer can be effective, then it can also be ineffective. Or we could say it as we, as the Bible said a moment ago, it can, you can be praying amiss. And I, and I've watched so many Christians over, over, over four decades now, some before I was even in the ministry and I've fallen into this group myself over the years. So I'm not putting anybody down or pointing the finger at anyone. I think all of us at times have missed it in our, in our praying, but 
But if prayer can be effective, it can also be ineffective. And, and I've watched so many Christians pray and get no results. And I, and I, and, and I, I mean, some of them, yes, I, I watched them pray and listened to them pray. And you could tell, you know, you know, they've got this attitude, you know, gimme, 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 God, gimme, 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 God. Oh, God, gimme, gimme, gimme. You know, my name was that old saying, my name is Jimmy, gimme, gimme, gimme. And they're praying just to heap things on their own desires and, and their prayers are amiss. But I've watched and, and listen carefully. I've watched oodles. You know what I mean by oodles? Many. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of Christians. They love the Lord. They're good people. They, they, I mean, they're, they're born again. They're, you know, and, and, and most of them that I've dealt with are, are baptized with the Holy Spirit. They're born again, baptized with the Holy Spirit on top of that, you know, and, and they love the Lord. They really, really do. And they pray and, and no results. And, 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 and they're not praying just to heap things upon their own desires. I mean, I mean, their, their, their hearts are right toward God. They're not just saying, they're not just saying, you know, my name's Jimmy, God, gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give they're not doing that. But I, but, but their prayers, and I've fallen into this group too over the years, but their prayers are ineffective. If prayer can be effective, then prayer can be ineffective. And I've watched so many, so many Christians, like I said, born again, even spirit filled, you know, baptized with the Holy Spirit and, 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 and their hearts are, are really right before God. They, but, but they pray and they get no results. Their prayers are ineffective. And the rest of this series is really going to deal with that right there, how you can be born again and you love the Lord. You're, you're declared righteous by God and you, and you're, and you got, a, you got, you got right motives. You're not just trying to heap things on your own desires. You pray and get no results. Your prayers are ineffective. And the reason for that is, I'm convinced because I've watched it for so many years, is that people, I'm talking Christians now that pray, do not realize or not aware of the rest of what I'm going to be talking about over the next several weeks. So if you want your prayers to be effective, I would, I would highly advise you to listen to what I have to say from the Word of God as it pertains to, to, to prayer now as we move on. And I think it will help you greatly. And if your prayer life has, if your prayer lives have been ineffective, well, if you listen to what I'm about to say and, and, and make some adjustments, I tell you what, you can become a person with an effective prayer life and you can become a, 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 a you know, a, a effective, say it again, repeat myself, effective in your prayer, in your praying. It's, it get results. So here we go. Let's get into it. How to pray effectively, how to have an effective prayer life. And it, to get to this, let's go to Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Ephesians, the sixth chapter and the 18th verse. Most Christians have no clue. And, and I, and I, again, I keep saying I've been pastor a long time doing this a long time. And I would say 
the, the, the bulk of Christians that I've dealt with, even after having taught people what I'm about to teach you now over the next several weeks, even after having heard, them haven't heard this, because I teach on this ever so often over the many years, and even after people hearing it, they still, I don't know, they don't get it. For whatever reason, now some do, I'd say about, about, about 5% of them have got it. What my experience, 95% of them still don't have a clue about what I'm about to talk about, even after they've heard it multiple times. And they're smart people. I'm not saying that they're not smart people. But you've got to incline. The Bible says we've got to incline our ear to the Word of God. And we've got to be not just a hearer of the Word, but we've got to be a doer if you want to be effective. And so, so why are people's prayers ineffective? Well, First thing is, people don't realize that there are different kinds of prayer. Just like, a good example is like if I say sports. Well, you know, sports, right, sports, okay. But but there are many different kinds of sports. There's baseball, there's football, there's basketball, there's soccer, there's golf, there's tennis, there's bowling, and on we could go, Okay. And, and so there's, so, so when, when we say the word prayer, well, most people just think, well, that's just talking to God. And, and it is, certainly it is. But there's different kinds of prayer, just like there's different kinds of sports. And we'll see as we go that there's, there's different kinds of rules that govern the different kinds of prayers, just like there's different kinds of rules that govern the different kinds of sports. Okay. Could you imagine taking, uh, you know, the rules of golf and applying them to football? <laughs> or what about taking the rules of football and ap- applying them to golf? Well, I mean, you'd be out there on the golf course tackling your, your, your playing partners, you know, <laughs> you know what, or, you know, you'd hole a putt, you take the putt and, you know, spike the ball or whatever the case. Well, we don't apply the rules of golf to football or the rules of football to golf or the rules of tennis to baseball and vice versa. I mean, I mean, I think you can understand that on sports, but yet when we move over into the spiritual arena and start talking about prayer, people just want to say, well, there's just one kind of prayer. It's just talking to God and, and they don't even realize there's different kinds of prayer and that each kind of prayer has a different kind of, uh, a, you know, the, the different kinds of prayers have different kinds of biblical rules that sit on them. And if you don't realize that, you're, I mean, you're, you're in trouble. You're going to be an ineffective prayer. Now notice this. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now notice this. Praying with all prayer. Now, as you study into the Greek language in which this was originally written, it, it, the, the all prayer, it, it, it really, the Greek is saying this, praying always with all manner or all kinds of prayer. That's how that really reads in the, in the Greek language, the original language. That's really how it should have been translated into the English, praying always with all kinds of prayer, with all, Excuse me, with all kinds of prayer. There's different kinds of prayer. You need to know that. And if you don't know it, well, well, I'm telling you, okay? 
And uh, so have your Bibles there. We'll go through all this in the Bible as we go. But uh, there's different kinds of prayer. And, and you have to understand that there's different rules that govern the different kinds of prayer. If you don't realize that, you're, you're, you're going to be an ineffective prayer. And as we go through the, the material over these next couple of weeks, while I don't want to be too technical, <laughs> yet we have to be technical because there are technical rules that govern the different kinds of prayer. And, and I guess the best example that I would have is it's like going to a bank in, in which you have money, okay? You know, as well as I do, you can't just walk in there and walk up to the teller booth and say, give me, you know, let's say you have $1,000 in the bank. You can't just walk up there and say, you know, give me $100. I mean, <laughs> you're not going to get any money. That's going to be ineffective. That's going to be asking, asking a miss. You understand that? You know that as well as I do. You have to go in there. You have to have, you know, a, a check and then a, that's, that's, and the check has to be with the bank. It has to be from that bank or, you know, uh, from another bank, but it has to, there has to be certain, the proper numbers on those checks so that you have to sign the back of the check or endorse the check, you know, I, I know we live in an hour now in which checks aren't used that much anymore. And by the way, I don't even use checks that much anymore. I'm doing just about everything online. <laughs> I really like it. But, uh, but, but, you know, using the example of a check or getting money out of a bank, you can't just, uh, and even on your computer, I mean, if you're, if you're trying to transfer money on your computer from, you know, pay, pay your utility bills, you can't just go on the computer and go pick any bank you want and just go in there and just, I mean, you got to go to your on, online. You got to go to your bank and there's certain, there's, there's user IDs and there's passwords and there's security questions. You know that as well as I do. So you can't just walk into any bank and ask for money or even you can't even go into your bank and just ask for money. There's got to be documentation and you get what I'm saying. But yet people understand that about a bank, but they don't understand that about prayer. And they just think that, you know, we could just just pray however we want and, and get results. Well, maybe now you can see why you haven't been getting results. You ought to be hanging on everything I say the rest of this series because I think it'll help you. Here's another good example. I know uh, around my house, you know, we have TVs and computers and cell phones and this, that, and the other, my wife and I. And, you know, we have Wi-Fi in the house and, and whatnot. And, and I mean, there's all kinds of unseen signals going through the air that it's amazing. But here's what I'm trying to get at, talking about being technical, you know. And somebody said, well, I don't want to be technical in my praying. Well, you know, if you've got a, a, a computer, you know, and or, or a television and you've got a, a satellite a satellite signal coming in and you've got a Wi-Fi signal coming in from the internet and you've got who knows how many other kind of signals coming in over the air, the free television over the air. You know, I've got all, I've, I got a satellite signal coming in. I got over the air, free antenna, what we call free television. We got Wi-Fi signals. <laughs> There's no telling all kinds of signals that are going through the house. But look, you take your television, because I know I've done this, and I've stood there to the point of frustration where I wanted to take the controls 
you know, and, and wanted to just take those and just, just, just heave them at the television set because I'm pushing all the buttons and I can't get the, I can't get the, 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 the thing to come on. I can't get the tennis match to come up and I, you know, I want to watch Carlos Alcaraz play tennis and I can't get it to come on. But then my wife will come down and she'll say, Oh, well, you got it. You got to put that button there and hit that and, and then select that and select. And then once you do the three selections or whatever it is, boom, there's Carlos. My, he's a new tennis player that's rocking the tennis world right now. I'm one of his number one fans. And anyway, with that being said, but, uh, uh, but you do, you hit the right buttons and you get hooked into the right signal and it, it, there, there's a t- tennis match. Well, you know, we, we understand that, but you know, with, with television or whatever, hooking to the right signal and, 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 well, I don't want to be too technical. Well, until you technically properly hook to the right signal, you're going to stand there and look at, look at a black screen or a fuzzy screen or whatever until you technically hook to the right thing. And the same thing's true with prayer. Until you technically, you got to realize there's different kinds of prayer. And then you got to in line with the word of God, technically operate in line with the word of God and hook to the right, hook to the right signals, if you will, do the, you know, do the right things. And then prayer will work. See, a lot of people think that God is holding out on them and he won't answer their prayers. But what you really get down to it, if your motive is good and your motive is right, it's not that God's holding out. It's that you haven't, you haven't, to use my example, you haven't hit all the right buttons and hooked to the right, the right frequency. It's like a radio, you know, days of yesteryear, you'd have that, you could, you'd have to tune that radio right into that signal to get the full, the full thrust of, of, of that channel you're trying to, you know, hone in on. And if you were off just a little bit, you could be off just a, just a, 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 a just a tenth of a turn and you can't get that, you can't get that radio, hear that station. And the same thing's true with prayer. It's not that, it's not that that station was holding out and not sending the signal out, or it's not that, that, you know, ESPN isn't sending the tennis signal out. It's we got to hook to it properly. It's not that God's holding out. It's that, that we've got to hook, we've got to hook to the power of God properly in our prayers. And boy, I tell you what, you hook up just like, man, I mean, I can't emphasize this enough. It's just like I got a fuzzy screen or a dark screen on the television and I can't get the, I can't get the tennis match up. And then, but boy, when I, boy, when I hit that, when I, when I do it technically correct and I hit that right frequency, that right wave, whoo, man, I mean, boom, there it is in high definition. And it's the same thing in prayer. If you'll understand there's different kinds of prayer and you technically operate them properly, I mean, when you, when you do it right in line with the word of God, boom. I mean, the power of God, you tap into the power of God and you'll see answers come. You'll see, you'll see, you'll see wondrous, you get wondrous results. Okay. So there's different kinds of prayer. Now, as, as I have studied this out over the years, I have found that there are seven, seven kinds of prayer. Now, this is just just what I have found. Now, you, as we go along here, we'll see that. I mean, you you could you, you. What I'm trying to say is is that you can always come in and argue. You know that well. There's maybe there's a double up on one, or there's a you know there another different kind could be added. But but when you get right down to it, there's seven as I see it. There's seven 
different kinds of prayer. <laughs> Seven. Yeah, so I just thought praying was, was uh, you know, uh, just, just God is great. God is good. Let us take him for our food. <laughs> That's a prayer I learned, learned to pray over food when I was a kid. <laughs> but, but, you know, what I'm trying to get at is I, most people are shocked when they hear that there's seven different kinds of prayer. I mean, when you, when you really study the Bible and group them all, group everything the way it should be grouped, there are seven different kinds of prayer. Absolutely. And now let me just list them for you. First of all, there's the prayer of agreement. If you're taking notes, you ought to write these down. And, and, and you know, we could study these in any order. All right. And, and we're not going to actually study them in the order that I give them to you in. But I'll just list them for you here. There's the prayer of agreement. And in, in that category, we have certainly there's agreement. And I'll say some things to you about agreement as we go. And, and in that group of agreement, that that kind of prayer, there's what's known as united. Also, you know, united or corporate prayer. Okay, there's united or corporate prayer. So in the prayer, that, that's one kind of prayer, the prayer of agreement or united or corporate prayer. United, corporate when you're praying with another person or at church, when the congregation prays, you know, that, that would be called corporate prayer. And, and, and you need to be in agreement as we'll see as we go with, when, when, the congregation needs to be in, in agreement with one another as, as they pray. And it needs to be in line with the word of God, whatever it is they're praying. So agreement. And then the second kind of prayer is what's known as the prayer of petition, or you could call it supplication. Petition or supplication. And simply put, that's when you're praying for yourself. Now somebody says, well, is it all right to pray for myself? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll give you, I'll give you examples of the, each of these from the Bible as we get to them in this series. Okay. So I'll give you some biblical backup from the Bible, uh, chapter and verse on, on each of these as we go. Okay. So uh, the second kind petition or supplication, praying for yourself. You better be praying for yourself. Absolutely. Uh, and then the third, the third type, and again, these are in no particular order, and we're not going to necessarily study them in order, but I'm just giving them to you. The third kind of prayer is a prayer of thanksgiving or worship. The prayer of thanksgiving or worship. Okay. Thanksgiving, worship. That's a third kind. And then the fourth kind of prayer is the prayer of commitment, or we could call it the prayer of dedication or the prayer of consecration. And then the fifth type of prayer is known as the prayer of intercession. Well, that's when you're praying for others. Okay. So, you know, the prayer of petition or supplication is when you pray for yourself. And uh, the prayer of intercession is when you're praying for others. And then the sixth kind of prayer is what's known as praying in the spirit. Or we could say praying in other tongues. Absolutely. Praying in the spirit or praying in other tongues. 
and I'm, I'm going to give a good deal of time to this as we go. And then the seventh kind of prayer is known as the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith. And actually, as we get into that one, and I believe we're going to actually cover that one first. Uh, so the last one I give you is the one we're going to cover first. But the prayer of faith, and we'll see as we go here, it, it, it's actually a declaration of faith. It, this one here is not, it, this one here, see, <laughs> oh, I hope you're paying real close attention right now. I, 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 hope, I hope you're paying real close attention because I've tried to get this through to so many people over the years and, and, <laughs> and I haven't been able to get it through to them. About 5% of the people have gotten this. And the rest of them, the rest of them have never gotten it. This, I don't know if they ever will. I don't know, but, and they're smart people. I think what it is, is that people are trained as little kids. So many are that prayer is always talking to God. And you'll see as we go here that, that, that most of these are addressed at, 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 at God. These prayers are addressed to God. A, a, absolutely. But I think the reason that people have so much trouble with this one that's known as the prayer of faith, or we can call it the declaration of faith, is because this one is not directed at God. <laughs> it's directed at, and we'll see this as we go, it's directed not at God, it's directed at the problem. It's directed at a sickness. It's directed at a disease. It's directed at a, at the devil or, or a demon or whatever in the name of Jesus. And that one, for some reason, throws people for an absolute loop. And I think it's because, and I never thought of that until right standing here right now, but I, I think that may be the thing I've been looking for for all these years. I think the reason people have so much trouble with this this one here, this prayer of faith or declaration of faith is because they've been trained as little kids. So I got an answer to one of my questions. <laughs> Stand here teaching you. Finally, finally saw it. Thank you, Lord. It's because I think people, so many of them are trained as little kids that we're always addressing prayers to the Father. And most of them we are, as we'll see. But this one is not addressed to the Father. It's, it's, it's addressed to the problem in the name of Jesus, as we'll see. So there are the seven kinds of prayer. Now, if we weren't on a, on a camera here, if we were in a live service, I'd repeat these for you. But I'm not going to repeat them for you because you can just stop me, rewind a little bit, listen to them again. How's that? Okay, save, save, save us a little time here and save my voice a little bit. Okay, now, seven different kinds of prayer. And there's different rules that govern these different kinds of prayer. And you need to know that. Now, I'm going to read from my notes here. There is so much ignorance. And yes, I said <laughs> ignorance. And when I, when I say that word ignorance, it just means unlearnedness. And I'm saying that with a little bit of, uh, uh, a little bit of aggravation in my voice because I've tried to get, <laughs> I've tried to get these things through to people for years. And, and like I said, I've had a 5% success rate, <laughs> roughly. 
But again, I think I just got an answer to it. It's because I think that so many people were trained as little kids to address, when they pray, they address everything to to God. And most of it, as we repeat, is, is addressed to the Father. But this prayer of faith, this declaration of faith, isn't addressed to the Father. It's addressed to problem in the name of Jesus and people that throws them for a loop. So anyway, there is so much ignorance and I got that bolded and underlined and highlighted right here in my notes. There is so much ignorance, 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 unlearnedness. There is so much ignorance about especially these last two kinds of prayer that I've mentioned, the praying in the spirit, praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues. <laughs> Just hang with me and in the next several weeks, I'm going to spend a whole session, maybe two, I don't know, on praying in the spirit. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go and, and teach you what the word of God has to say about that. And, and praying the prayer of faith. Okay. There's so much ignorance about praying in the spirit and, and this prayer or declaration of faith. That I, reading from my notes, there's so much ignorance about these two kinds of prayer that I'm going to spend a good amount of time on them. Okay, so so uh, I, I think I'm going to do the prayer or declaration of faith first, and then at the right at the end we'll close the series out. Probably unless the Lord changes it on me as we go, we'll close up weeks down the road with praying in the Spirit. What that means. Okay. Now, with the time I have left here. Let's uh, let's go to John the 16th chapter and then also turn to John the 14th chapter. Okay, John 16 and John 14. Okay, and the and, and you'll see why I'm having you turn to these. The first six types of prayer that I gave you. Agreement. Petition or supplication, thanksgiving or worship, commitment, dedication, consecration, uh, intercession, and praying in the Spirit. The first six in this list, with the occasional exception of the prayer of agreement, and I'll get into that later on, the first six in this list that I've given you fall we're talking about now the rules that govern each of the types of prayer. Okay, and there'll be rules as we go. We'll see. But, but generally speaking, each of these types of prayer, the first six fall under the category found in John 16, 23. John 16, 23. Okay, with the, with the, with the exception of the prayer of agreement, the occasional Pastor, you're being too technical. Go back to my example I gave you a few minutes ago about technically hooking up to your Wi-Fi or your whatever. You know, you got, there is a technicality to these things. I'm not trying to make it hard. I'm not, but there is a technicality. And just like you have to hit the right buttons to get into the right Wi-Fi or you have to have the right the right instruments when you go to your bank to be successful in getting the signal or getting the money out. You've got to understand these technicalities here in prayer or you're not going to get results. Your praying is going to be ineffective. Okay? So the first six kinds of prayer 
with, with the occasional exception of the prayer of agreement, and I'll explain that to you when we get to the prayer of agreement. The first six kinds fall under John 16, 23. And the prayer or the declaration of faith, that one falls under the category of John 14. Okay, now, with that being said, so, so that prayer, that prayer of faith, that one, that one kind of jumps out. That one, that one's, that, and that one is very, di- the praying in the spirit is very different than, than the other seven. But, but this prayer of faith, that one is very, very different. The rules that apply to that's very different than the rules that apply to the others. And that's why I'm going to cover it first because I want to hammer that home to you and get, get you to get it. All right. Have you to understand it. But notice here, so the first six kind fall under John 16. And the prayer of faith or the declaration of faith falls under John 14. Now, John 16, 23, let's look at that. Jesus says, and in that day, you will ask me nothing. What day is he talking about? He's talking about, excuse me, the day in which we live, the day of grace, the last 2000 years since he's been raised from the dead. In that day, he's talking to his disciples. He's talking about a time now after he's been raised from the dead. These last 2,000 years, he's talking to a representative group of you and me. And he says, in that day, in the day in which we now live, this church age, in the day in which, he said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Now, what did he just say? He said that we shouldn't be addressing our prayers to Jesus. Now, now there you go. Now, there's a rule. You need to understand that. He says, in that day, the day in which we live, you, talking to believers, will ask me nothing. Now, it didn't say you couldn't talk to Jesus. It did, he didn't say you couldn't talk to him. He didn't say you couldn't fellowship with him. He didn't say, you know, you couldn't have a conversation with him. We're talking about formal prayer rules right now. And being an effective prayer, he said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. So we should not be addressing our formal prayers to Jesus. Now that right there ought to, might help somebody. Now you're being technical. I just talked to you about that. Do you want to get your prayers answered or not? I didn't say it. He said it. He's talking to you and me as believers through his disciples here. They're a representative group of you and me. He said, in that day, you will ask me nothing. That's what the Lord said. I didn't say it. He said it. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you, and that whatever has to be in line with the word of God. Whatever you ask the father. So he, Jesus said that when we, when we do our praying, we're supposed to be directing our prayers, not at Jesus, but at the father. In my name, he said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it you. So he just said, don't pray to Jesus. And whatever you do, don't pray to Jesus's mother. You're not going to get any results. You don't pray to the Virgin Mary. And beside, she didn't stay a virgin after she had Jesus. She was a virgin when she had Jesus. After she had Jesus, she had sexual relations with Joseph and they had other children. Read, children, read the Bible, you'll see that. 
But a lot of people pray to her. Don't pray to her. I love the Virgin Mary. I, I still call her the Virgin Mary. I mean, she's Jesus's mother. We, we respect her, but we don't pray to her. She's not deity. And read your Bible. You'll see she was in the upper room on the day of Pentecost and she got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues just like the rest of the other, the other 119 of them did that was there. Read that in the book of Acts, the first couple chapters, you see. But we don't pray to her. We don't pray to the saints. No, no, no. And by the way, did you know if you're a believer on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a saint and I'm a saint? Why? By faith in him, not by anything I've done. That's what the Bible says. Believers in Jesus are called saints in the scripture. <laughs> you don't have to be dead for hundreds of years and perform miracles to be a saint. But we don't pray to, <laughs> to the Virgin Mary. And we don't, wait a minute, we don't even pray to Jesus. He said so. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, in line with the word of God. And I tell you what, you talk about lining up and hooking, hooking to the right channel. You do that, man. You hook to the right channel. You're going to start getting some results in your prayer life. Absolutely. He said, in that day, you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it you. Wow. Then, so those first six kinds of prayer that I gave you fall in that category that we're addressing the Father in the name of Jesus. The prayer of faith or the declaration of faith. Look at John 14, verse 13. John 14, verse 13. Go there. John 14, verse 13. He said, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, is, is the prayer or the de declaration of faith falls in this category right here. Falls right here in this category. And this right here, see, you're not asking Jesus for anything. You're not asking the Father for anything. Notice he said, whatever you ask. Now underline that word ask because it's very different from the word ask in John 16. This word ask in John 14 here is very different in the Greek, in the Greek language. In the Greek language, okay? In English, they both ask in John 16, ask in John 14. In the Greek language, ask is ask, right? Make a request, all right? But in the Greek, it's very different. And the New Testament here was written in the Greek. In John 16, the word ask means to make a request. So in John 16, we're making a request to the Father in the name of Jesus. But in John 14, that word ask does not mean to make a request. Go get your Strong's Concordance. Look up these things in your, on your, on your, in your Bible software or whatever, in your study books. And don't take my word for it. Go look it up. This word in John 14, ask does not mean to make a request. It means to make a demand, to make a demand. And it doesn't mean the context here. We're not making a demand of God. We're not demanding God to do anything. We're not speaking disrespectfully to God. We're making a demand. As I study the scripture, we're making a demand on the devil or we're making a demand on demons or we're making a demand as it pertains to sickness or disease or poverty or lack or whatever it might be that is negative or bad, 
We make a demand, this word in John 14. So in John 16, the word ask means to make a, a request. But in John 14, the word ask means to demand. Whatever you ask or whatever you demand, and it, it goes on as you study it, it, it means this. Whatever you ask, whatever you demand is your rights and privileges. See, Jesus afforded us through his death, burial, and resurrection and the authority he's given us. He's given us rights and privileges in his name. And he says, whatever you, oh, get, get this, whatever you ask, whatever you demand, and the demand is not at the, not directed at the Father. John 16 is directed at the Father. John 14 is directed at the storm. It's directed at the devil. It's directed at the tornado. It's directed at the sickness. It's directed at the fever. It's directed at the disease. These kinds of things, whatever you ask, whatever you demand as your rights and privileges in my name. See, it's in the name of Jesus. I will do it. Or we could say it this way. I'll back it up is what he's saying. That the Father may be glorified the Son. If you ask or if you demand anything, and again, have to clarify that anything in line with the word of God, if you demand anything in my name, I will do it. I'll back it up. Now, you have to understand these are very different things. John 16 is a request made upon the Father in the name of Jesus. John 14 is a demand made at the devil or demons or sickness or disease in the name of Jesus. Did you get that? I want to, I'm going to repeat. I'm going to take my time. If I'm going too long, then just stop me and finish it later. But John 16 is you're, you're asking the Father in the name of Jesus. Okay? John, that's John 16. You're asking the Father in the name of Jesus. John 14, you're making a demand on the devil or sickness or disease or whatever in the name of Jesus. Very different. The first six kinds of prayer fall in John's, under John 16. You're making your request to the Father. Okay? And uh, John 14 would be the seventh kind that I gave you, the prayer declaration of faith. That's John 14 where you're making a demand. You're not directing anything at the Father. Your words aren't directed at the Father. They're directed at the problem in the name of Jesus. Now, 5% of the people, and that might be, being be, that might even be a high number, but but I'd say five percent of the people that I've taught this to over the years, and I'm talking hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people have gotten this. But how successful, how effective do you want your prayer life to be? So you better get a hold of this, and you better realize that these first six kinds of prayer are directed not at Jesus; they're directed at the Father in the name of Jesus, and this seventh prayer. And I'll talk about praying in the spirit when we get, get to it. But, but the seventh kind of prayer, the seventh kind of prayer, this prayer of faith, declaration of faith, that's under John 14. That's directed at the problem. I want to repeat it again. First six kinds of prayer fall under John 16. Directed at the Father in the name of Jesus. The prayer or declaration of faith, the seventh kind of prayer, falls under John 14 and is directed at the problem. I'm going to say it again. Because I, you've got to get this. The first six kinds of prayer fall under John 16 and they're directed at the Father in the name of Jesus. 
The seventh kind of prayer, the prayer of faith or the declaration of faith, is under John 14, and that's directed at the problem in the name of Jesus. Did you get that? The first six kinds of prayer. I know I'm belaboring it, but I've been doing this 30 some odd years. I want you to get it. The first six repetitions, the seed of learning, the first six kinds of prayer fall under John 16. It's a request of the Father in the name of Jesus. The seventh kind, the prayer or declaration of faith is under John 14, and that's you're making a demand on the devil or the sickness or disease or the problem in the name of Jesus. You understand that? And 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 and, and you'll see, and I got this in my notes because I want to say it, there's sometimes, and we'll see it as we go, there's sometimes when the prayer of agreement, <laughs> when the prayer of agreement falls under John 14 as well. Typically the prayer of agreement, the united or corporate prayer, typically that falls under John 16, making a request to the Father. But when you really get into the what's known as a prayer of agreement, even though I didn't give it in the list, I'm, I'm sorry, e, e, uh, it's the first one in the list. When you get into that, let me clarify, when you get into, I gave it in the list, it's the first one in the list, I just slipped there. Uh, but when you when you look at the prayer of agreement, Okay, when you look at united or corporate prayer, that's addressed to the uh, Father. But there is there is an, there is a, a time, there's a, a place when when you really understand about agreement and what what would be known what we call the prayer of agreement. There's there's a time where that's not directed, or doesn't have to be directed at the at at, at the Father. And I've got a lot of experience with that, and I'll, I'll talk to you about that as we go. So 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 again. Uh, the prayer, just to clarify, because I slipped there a little bit, so I want to make sure that you got it right. The prayer of agreement, the first one in the list, falls under John 16. And, and when you're talking about united or corporate prayer, the prayer of agreement, that's addressed to the Father. But there is, there is, there is, there is a part of the prayer of agreement that, that, that doesn't fall under John 16, but actually falls under John 14. And I'll talk to you about that and how I've experienced that in my life over the years and how I've seen wonderful things happen as a result. Okay, so I think I've cleared that up. Now, I'm going to conclude. So I'm right at the hour mark, so I need to conclude and get on out of here. So let me just finish this. Now, that last one in the list. So I hope you got what I just said. You study between now and next week. You study about John 16 and John 14 and meditate on that. And then I'll, I'll show you how these things play out over the next weeks as we get into scriptures and I go through each kind of prayer and show you scriptures of how they work and so forth. So this is just kind of an introduction to this kinds of prayer today. But, uh, but, but this last one was known as the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith, uh, our declaration of faith, prayer of faith. But I want you to put this in your notes, even though that one is known as the prayer of faith, and again, I'm going to give you all these. We're going to go through each one of them over the next many weeks. But he, that one's called a prayer of faith. But you need to make a note of this. All prayer must be done in faith. What, is, what do you mean in faith? With a believing heart, believing God. All prayer must be done in faith. Okay. All right. So, so, so make that note because there's not just the seventh kind of prayers known as a prayer of faith. And yes, it takes faith to operate in that. But I'll tell you what. And to do that, and to pray that successfully and effectively, but all prayer, anything you do with God takes faith, takes a believing heart. All right. And uh, 
you know, I, I, I think is I think I'm going to stop right here. I just feel I need to unhook right here. I've given you enough. And uh, we'll pick up right here next week and we'll move on with this subject. And, and uh, I'll give you a brief review when we pick up next week and then we'll move on and we'll delve into the prayer or the declaration of faith. Okay. All right. Hey, if you're out there and you, I hope this is being helpful to you. Hey, if you're out there and you don't know Jesus, there's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. The only way to miss hell and make heaven when you die is to repent of your sins and call on the name of the Lord Jesus. Invite him into your heart, just like you'd invite somebody into your house and call on his name. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. That means you'll miss hell when you die. You'll make heaven and God will make your life worth living in the meantime. Well, God bless you. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.